Hi, everyone. It's Thursday, December 22nd. It is snowing like crazy in State College. Yesterday was National Signing Day. I'm Nate Bauer. I'm joined by Sean Fitz today. We're going to talk about Penn State everything. NIL, Signing Day, the class, things that are outstanding, things that are in the books, you name it. Let's get into it. It's Nate. It's uh, it's hazardous outside, but it's cozy in here. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of snow on the ground. My kids are at school, which I whatever. Um, I'll, I'll deal yeah. with that. Um, hopefully, the school bus is is very safe. Um, but we're here. It's the day after National Signing Day, so everyone wants to know, Nate, what was your favorite film to review in the class of 2023? Yeah, I really liked uh, all of it. I liked all of the film. All Everyone's right. film. That guy, fifteen. Mega Barnwell. I loved his film. I really like Javen Williams' film because he knows Nick Single. It, anyway, that was, scaling, yeah. that was a funny joke. That was a funny joke. It was a funny joke. It's funny for a few people. I know you don't you don't dive into recruiting, and that's why it's funny. And uh, you know, you've also been on record in terms of the psychoanalyzing of these things and overanalyzing of these things is is something. But so this is not your lane. Um, but no, it was no, a national signing day. Uh, thank you to everyone that joined us on the channel uh, last night as we did a live show. Ryan and I uh, running on fumes. We got there, but uh, it was it was a good show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, rem reminder to like this video, follow our channels and everything. So where are we right now? Um, we're recording at 1130 on a Tuesday or excuse me, on a Thursday. That's where I'm at right now. We're, we're recording at 1130 on two, on Thursday. Uh, Conrad Hussey is still out as we record. We're not really going to get into that because so many things have changed so often. And by the time this airs this evening, he could very well have been signed. Um, so we're not really going to provide an update because it will be out of date by the time this thing runs. Um, other than that, the staff moving on to the February signing day. Um, we got a chance to talk to James Franklin on Wednesday afternoon, got a chance to talk to Terry Smith, Taylor Stubblefield. Both of those guys are the recruiting coordinators on their respective side of the ball. Kenny Sanders and Alan Zemitis, assistant recruiting coordinator and director of uh, player personnel or yeah, director of player personnel, Kenny Sanders. And then Andy Frank, who was always interesting from a, nerd perspective it's more about uh, numbers and, and things like that uh with andy the former princeton football player who will probably come back at me for calling him a nerd but that's the way that we talk with him so a lot of interesting stuff coming out on the site uh, a lot of backstories and things like that so it's 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 really cool and penn state's ready to get marching on i know the rose bowl is coming but uh, we've been mostly recruit uh, focused uh 16 days till early enrollment that's something James Franklin was hammering home yesterday in not only in the press conference, but in the war room when he's talking to these guys um, before they're, or as they officially sign, they're ready to get going in January. Is, is there anything, I mean, just nuts and bolts uh, fits uh, other than, uh, you know, will he, or won't he, is there anybody else, anything else that's outstanding uh, in terms of kind of wrapping up uh, this class of 2023 for Penn state? The class of 2023 as a whole, yes, there's stuff to deal with in January. Um, Penn State's still looking for an offensive tackle. Chimney Onoa uh, is the guy that, that they focused in on. It's kind of like the situation last year with Veggie Ione where they offered in December. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, they were able to land him. I don't expect a very active January. A lot of this uh, energy is being poured back into the portal 
receiver, uh, cornerback, which Gavin Holmes is off the board now. He signed with Texas yesterday. Devontae Walker signed with uh, with uh, North Carolina, as expected yesterday. So still, you know, trying to figure out which guys they can get across the line through admissions and everything like that is where they stand um, in the portal. But uh, this signing period, this early signing period, opens. I think I think it's very important to note that it opens on Wednesday, closes on Friday. And they won't be able to sign until February if they don't sign during this period. So Conrad Hussey, I know we said we weren't giving updates or anything like that. He has to sign by the end of day on Friday if he wants to actually sign with a place. If he wants to extend it to February, which I don't suggest doing because it's just uh, putting yourself through a month and a half of this crazy stuff. I don't suggest it. Um, He can do that if he wants. But I, I don't see that happening. He's been back and forth. Florida State. I know Miami's in there a little bit, but Florida State, Penn State. And and as I said on the show last night, I don't think this is a situation of him trying to draw attention to himself or anything like that. I think it's a situation where he's truly torn. There's people around him and uh, there's just a lot going on. This thing has changed four or five times in the last two days um, legitimately. So that's that's pretty crazy. So that's what we're talking about with the class of 2023. Um, you can sort of mesh. um portal and recruiting at this point um, because they're in the dead period. It doesn't matter. They, they can't visit. There can still be contact and things like that, but they can't visit. So that's your long answer to a simple question of not much, not much. Yeah, not much left. Not much left. Gotcha. Uh, let's talk about the signing day uh, event, right? We we were able to, for the first time uh, since COVID and you know everything, the, the past three years have been kind of crazy uh but media invited back into the war room and it looked very different uh from some of the setups they've had in the past what what was your what was your takeaway what was your vibe from from yesterday uh morning's event it was completely different in the sense that it used to be upstairs so james franklin's office in lash is upstairs um all the coaches offices are upstairs and they used to have this big lobby where they would put everybody and do the thing with the omelet station, all that, you know, the, the, the food and, and, you know, you hobnob with donors and there's a lot of people in there. It's a, it's a big celebration is what it is this year. They've remodeled the downstairs and it looks fantastic. I thought uh, this is the first time that I've been in that section of the building um, for, uh, I mean, it's been, it's been probably at least a year since they were gutting all that old lounge and things like that. It's a, it's a big open area. There's offices down there um, provides a link to the new weight room, which is, I still haven't been actually inside the new weight room, but from looking on the outside uh, much, uh, much expanded, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in that weight room. So um, catching up. I mean, James Franks has been talking about this since 2014 when he got here uh, catching up in the arms deal or the arms race, um, and I think they've done a great deal to to do that. Um, you know, is it uh, as flashy as a lot of other people's? Not necessarily, but it's much, much nicer than it used to be. Lash used to be just a, you know, a, a complex there, like, uh, you know, like the GoldenEye complex, basically, where it was, there was a lot of nondescript rooms and things like that. <laughs> they flashed it up, but they've they've also made great use of the space. And yesterday they did as well with that that war room setup. It was much more open, much more expansive. It was a lot more comfortable than jamming everybody into that lobby upstairs at Lash. The, uh, the, the nondescript Soviet cinder blocks have been replaced. Uh, <laughs> it, it has been very much updated. In fact, it's kind of funny to me. Maybe it won't be funny to anybody else, but I wore my signature urban lumberjack vest, right? The puffer vest expecting to be hot because it, that event is always roasting upstairs. Uh, and, it was not hot. 
in fact, it was freezing outside uh, yesterday morning. And but the event, like very comfortable. It's just, it's cool. It's it's very it's interesting walking into Penn State spaces now. And they, they had done things previously with the lobby and uh, the updated auditorium, player auditorium, those different things. And and so you've seen bits and pieces of it, but it's like, oh, hey, this looks like the YouTubes that I've been watching for, uh, you know, the last five years of everyone else's facilities in college football, at least the major players. So certainly uh, an, an interesting, uh, an interesting transformation that Penn State is going through facilities wise. Anything, anything that you took from. You, you know, we were able to sit, sit there, right, and watch for an hour James talking to players and their families. Uh, that continued when we got home, being able – you know, Penn State, what they do, I don't know if this gets enough attention, but their live stream of the event goes for like five hours, and it's very well done. Yeah. I mean, the insights, all, all of the, the interviews that they do with every assistant coach, everybody who has a hand in that process – uh, it, it's just, it, it's such a big undertaking, but they do a, a really standout job of it. Terrific outside guests as well. Some say, um, yeah, yeah. No, it was a really, really good job. And they, they, they keep things moving and, you know, sort of behind the scenes, how this happens is, you know, we, we all sweat out those letters of intent coming in. And sometimes you have some holdups, Conrad Hussey, obviously one of them, but for the most part, they all come in right around seven o'clock. I mean, this is something that the Penn state does as a, not as a show, but this is how they space them out. I mean, uh, I think the last person to sign yesterday was Tamir Robinson. Tamir Robinson's letter was in far beyond that or far before that. So, I mean, that's kind of how this, this drama gets built up, but it's a really, really, really good production. I definitely uh, recommend following it. If you follow Penn state at that kind of level, um, because you get, coaching insights you get the i think it's 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 a great exhale for the coaching staff you know you finally get to this finish line and you have the uh, you, you have the ability to um sort of put those things behind you relax a little bit although jaywan sider and those guys that are recruiting conrad hussey were still obviously scrambling you get a chance to relax a little bit you get a chance to uh Look back at the, uh, you know, this is this is the kids' day, no doubt about it. But it's also the culmination of a of a ton of work, a ton of resources going in to recruiting these guys. That's why with a guy like Conrad Hussey, you know, if you lose him, is it the end of the world? Absolutely not. But you've put a ton, a ton of time, a ton of effort, uh, recruiting budget dollars into recruiting a kid like that. You're not just going to let him walk away. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's a that's an interesting insight. Is the just the feeling of I don't know if wasted is the right word, but it's just, it's, it's, it's such a time crime. Like you're the commitment in time and effort in recruiting. I, I mean, it, God bless those guys uh, for, for the work that they put in. Uh, the one thing that stood out to me just for what it's worth is it, and this is not in any way atypical, right? James Franklin says this, the, the other coaching staff says this, but they make such a point of celebrating the commitment celebrating the the fact that this achievement and accomplishment has happened with the player and their family over these zooms, but then transitioning very quickly into, Hey, uh, this, you know, this is like your official wake up call that this is turning this the page. Is, yeah. Yeah. This is not going to go the way that you think it's going to go. Uh, I, I just think it's a very interesting tack for James Franklin to take. I mean, obviously it's very intentional and it's very purposeful. Um, but it's, it's like, Penn State does a uh, a very interesting job of 
yes, you want to present yourself as attractive and appealing and, and all of these things, but uh, it feels to me maybe a little bit different from other programs in terms of pulling back the curtain on the realities of being a college football player. Like it's yep. going to be hard. They, they, they kind of stress that I think more than I've seen from, from some other programs in, in the sense of, uh, Hey, let's all be forthcoming about this. You're like, I mean, James Franklin said it a couple of times yesterday, like you're not going to like me. <laughs> there, there are times there are going to be days where you're really not going to enjoy my presence and you're not going to enjoy your, the presence of your position coach. It, like it will be difficult, but just know that they're in this thing together, yada, yada, yada. All it's of, it, uh, it's the family-friendly version of Denzel Washington and Remember the Titans saying, I'm your daddy now, basically. And, you know, <laughs> that's, that's it's turning the page, and, and they're going to get to that eventually. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's not all the what it was cooked up to be during your recruitment. You, you were filled up with a lot of stuff during your recruitment <laughs> as a prospect. That's how – and that's not just saying – that's not saying – everybody lies to everyone, but you're, you're hearing a lot about how great you are through this entire process, whether that is, um, you know, coaches or people like us talking people up and things like that, but you're going to hear a lot about how great you are. It helps to sort of take the edge off when you sign those papers and, re and realize this is a, uh, this is something that is on another level to anything that you've probably ever done. So I think that that's really the point they're trying to get across. And, um, uh, you know, I think it, I think it resonates. I mean, the, a lot of these guys have had parents or fathers that have played college football and things like that. So they, they get where that's coming from. And it's, uh, so as you mentioned, it's an interesting tactic. Um, but I think it's just setting yourself up for either, uh, 16 days, uh, 15 days from now when those early enrollees get there, those 11 early enrollees get there or next summer when those guys come in and it's going to be, um, a rude awakening. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that won't be a rude awakening. How about this transition? Is yeah. uh, Penn, Penn State fans that are that are going to the Rose Bowl. I want to shout out and thank very much our sponsor for today's show, which is Collegiate Athletic Travel Cat, as we like to call them. Uh, they are doing a Rose Bowl trip that uh, is selling well and has a few extra seats remaining that we. Uh, would like to highlight here for $895, you can fly round trip nonstop via Southwest Airlines charter flight from Harrisburg in the Hollywood Burbank airport. Uh, it's super easy. I've done it personally in the past with them on a Rose Bowl trip, actually twice, two Rose Bowl trips, getting out to LA. It's phenomenal. Uh, you know, just given the options for people who are traveling or still interested in traveling to the Rose Bowl, you know, one, you can't beat the price at, $895 for direct flights round trip Two, there are no direct flights from central Pennsylvania, whether it's state college or Harrisburg, this, uh, in this instance, it's from Harrisburg, but, uh, book now few seats remaining at this price, uh, you know, Penn state and collegiate athletic travel. Uh, this has been a partnership with blue white illustrated for many, many years and something that we have always enjoyed and valued very, very much. For complete details of how to book your trip, uh, go to athletictravel.com. That is athletictravel.com. Thanks again to our sponsors at Collegiate Athletic Travel. Check out this trip. You will not regret it. Uh, moving on, moving on. Uh, Penn State, James Franklin also had a signing date. So they had the event yesterday morning which was 
you know, some donors, a lot of coaches milling about personnel, staff, those kind of things in the Lash building. And then they held a separate full media event at Beaver Stadium in the afternoon where James Franklin spoke at length. And as you set up earlier, uh, some of the the peripheral, uh, right, some of the some of the guys that are that really are the cogs and, and make Penn State's recruiting machine work met with the media later in the afternoon at Beaver Stadium. Let's start with James. What uh, what were some of the things that stood out to you from James's press conference? Well, it's it's usually breaking down, you know, a question we'll ask about the running backs or a question we'll ask about the linebackers and things like that. So we've got, you know, a lot of that stuff where he broke down kind of where the linebackers fit in the long term. What he thinks about the offensive line class. So that's good. But the the overarching themes that he got into was, you know, there's still needs out there. You're still t- taking a look at offensive tackle, offensive line, but the emphasis on offensive tackle. You always want tackles. You don't, you know, you don't want your guards to be tackles. You want your tackles to be guards. If that's a, if that makes sense. Uh, wide receiver, D tackle, D end, which was a little bit surprising given the the run that they went on late. And then he said potentially safety, of course, still working on Conrad Hussey at that point. Um, so I think that that's notable. I think you combine, as I said, combine the portal, combine recruiting. When you get into Fe- January, that's when you sort of hit it, uh, hit it hard going forward. That January 4th to 8th window is going to be important because that's the next time that they can get uh, potential midseason or excuse me, mid-semester enrollees uh, from the transfer portal to visit. Totally butchered that. I apologize. Um, but th- that's kind of where they're looking right now. And, and and it makes sense. Not a ton of attrition. Uh, when you take a look at the roster, you probably expect a little bit more after the bowl game and then some more in the spring when guys have decisions to make ba- based on progress to their degrees and things like that. Um, but to be honest with you, I expected more, and they probably expected a little bit more. I talked to Andy Frank about this. They probably expected a little bit more in terms of the space that they would have, not that it's hindering them right now, but like that was, that was December was nothing in terms of the portal for them, which is is very surprising because you look all across the country and it's been just gutting teams. Penn state's not one of them Um, spoke to several people, you know, on record that the culture seems to be strong right now. You know, you talk about coming back, getting to the Rose bowl, 10 win season and all that. That's one thing, but keeping these guys here, keeping these guys engaged is, has been an important thing for them as well. So, um, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, uh, that's not something that you can stay coming out of every season. So I think that that's an interesting way to approach that as far as James go. I know you asked him about an IL. I know that's your lane. Uh, so I'll let you get into that eventually. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, he seemed like they were pleased with the group they had don't know that it's a it's an early impact type group like it was last year but again setting that bar last year exceedingly high where guys like singleton and katron allen and uh denied Anna sutton of course abdul carter as well and, and some of those other guys that uh probably will en- will have end up playing more guys like uh, uh kevin winston or kj winston and cam miller guys that will end up playing more than some of the top guys in this this 23 class so don't think it's a it's a big class of of instant impact type guys, but I think they're fine with it. They like the talent they've got. They like that they spread it out. Um, he did mention shortcomings where you just signed one wide receiver, and uh, I know they're still looking at the portal, but you just signed one wide receiver, which never happens given the the technicalities of that position. How many receiver recruits are out there and things like that, um, and then of course uh, defensive tackle. Uh, Quintrell Travis, the JUCO kid, committed to Auburn on Tuesday night, signed with them on Wednesday. 
completely out of nowhere. I mean, he was supposed to be on campus last weekend. They thought they may be able to wrap him up. He told me he was going to take his recruitment into January, visit some schools, and then all of a sudden he pops up on Auburn's uh, signing list. And that's uh, that's how fast some of these things move sometimes, especially with new um, coaching staffs, Nebraska, Auburn. You know, those big-time moves in the offseason are going to result in big-time changes uh, and quick changes for some people. Um, so that's – Basically, what I took away from James, um, a lot of those questions were, you know, position related about the groups that they were bringing in. But that's just the overarching thing uh, that I really took away from James, yeah, except we'll for have... which is all you. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think NIL. I guess this is where I'll start. Uh, it, 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 it feels to me, and I could be wrong about this. Maybe not. I, I don't know it doesn't seem like it's in the forefront of this is not a critique on my colleagues, but it doesn't seem like it's front and center. I, I don't know why that is like, it, it just, it's very interesting to me because we see the splashy stories, I think elsewhere. And at Penn state, you just, you haven't seen those and that's very purposeful, right? You, you, they, they don't Pat Kraft said it at his press conference the other day. They're not going to offer a kid $500,000 before he ever steps foot on campus. So that's, that's not happening at Penn state. We understand that. But I, I guess the thing that is curious to me <clears throat> is that doesn't mean that it's not happening or that it's not playing a role in Penn state's, uh, recruiting process, right? It's, it's, it's personnel, uh, acquisition, all of those things still, it becomes a factor. And so, yeah, that it, it was not certainly the, the front and center yesterday. Um, and, and even the interview that I had, I know you listened to, um, when I had Micah Shrewsbury on talking about how it seems like somewhat of a controversial topic, like it feels like that in, in Penn state circles a little bit, but it's not. And James Franklin said it yesterday that uh, like it's it's a factor. It, it's a factor in Penn State's recruiting. Uh, it is crazy out there. I think the thing that if you're reading between the lines of of what he said yesterday, Penn State had to stave off late pushes and offers to its players, some of its committed players in the class of like, hey, we've built this relationship with you for so long. Uh, it's just, it's just, it got crazy down the stretch. He said, I think he said it was the craziest thing in his 26 years, like the craziest home stretch. And so bottom line for Penn state to walk out of there yesterday with only one committed previously committed prospect who didn't end up signing, I, I think is a bigger deal and a bigger accomplishment necessarily than people understand is that do you, do you feel like that's a fair read there were four guys in this class um out like well out of region you know you can argue what the the region is but king mac and conrad hussey at st thomas aquinas in fort lauderdale elliot washington in venice florida and then in selma alabama uh dakari nelson those guys like should be the ones that you're worried about if you're penn state down the stretch because they're far away you know, big programs, some of them, and and things are crazy. The fact that they sign three out of four and have a chance to go four out of four is just unbelievable. Like, I, I mean, that I, I cannot process how they were able to get those three across the finish line, let alone po a possible fourth. 
Um, so that's a, just a really un, unbelievable recruiting job. And I agree that NIL like it, NIL is probably a, more of a factor. The further you get away from home, the more you probably want to be compensated or uh, the further you're willing to get away from home, probably the more that you want to be compensated for that. So, yeah, I agree with with that. And it's absolutely at the forefront. I, I, I think just people don't want to hear about it. People don't want to hear about the the struggles with it. And when you are asking to basically crowdfund it like a, like a GoFundMe thing, people don't want to do that. Like it, and I get it. Like it's your money, you you use it when you need it, whatever. Um, but it's so crazy to think that uh, this is this is the direction it's going. And I talked to Andy Frank about this yesterday. Um, he thinks that collective bargaining is coming, and I and I and I think that that's ultimately where we're headed. You have a billion dollar TV deal if you're the Big Ten. That I mean. And that money's not going, none of that money is, is slated to go to players that got you the billion dollar TV deal. So I think that we're heading in that direction, but we're like in a gray area right now where everyone's feeling out this process. Everyone's trying to figure out what it is. There's a lot of false money out there. Like there's a lot of promises out there of money that doesn't exist right now. Um, and I think you're seeing that. And, and in talking to Andy, like some of the biggest, I don't want to say proponents, but some of the biggest rumored spenders early were terrible this year. Like uh, Miami was out there, you know, Michigan state did not come through with another year. Like they had two years ago or last season. Um, so you've got situations where a lot of these kids are figuring out this game is, is sometimes just a game, you know, sometimes just a game. It's not the real thing. So I think that that's the wild uh, area. I'm not going to say wild West cause Greg will come on and punch me in the mouth if I say wild, wild West again. Um, but uh, it's, it's so crazy to follow this and try to track down. We've got the NIL tracker on our site at on three, but like, it's tough to find numbers. It's tough to find legitimate things. It's tough to find contracts and things like that because it's, yep. it, it, it's really gotten so crazy. And a lot of it's uh, it, it's just another level to recruiting. A lot of recruiting is, Recruit speak, word of mouth, a lot of that stuff. Then you add money and word of mouth together, and it's a recipe for some really bad things to happen. And um, I'm curious, and, and we might not see it all in December of 2022, but I mean, you look at AM's class, fell apart last year. I, I, I can't say why, but you can draw uh, conclusions as to why um, a lot of those guys are heading out of there. So it's just, uh, it's such a giant gray area. And uh, on top of that, people, a lot of people don't want to hear about it. Yeah, I think I think from Penn State's perspective, what a couple of things. One, they're not playing the same game as some others. Okay, like and and let's be real about this. What's happening at Oregon or Miami uh, is not happening everywhere, right? Penn State's not competing against that specifically all over the country, and in fact. Some of the the I'm, I'm going to call them victims, but some some of the teams that lost out yesterday on high profile prospects were heavy hitters themselves, right? Like Notre Dame lost a big recruit yesterday, uh, and and you would expect them to be able to compete in the NIL space. So like let's let's first contextualize that, but I, I do think the the topic and the theme that emerged to me from people that I spoke to, whether it was Alan Zemitis, Terry Smith, uh, Kenny Sanders, all, all of these guys basically painted the same picture of what Penn State's approach is, which is, and I've, I've said this before, 
you have to compete. You, ha- you have to be in the space. You can't avoid it. It's like you have to be able to have some type of package that is available and ready and at your disposal for recruits for, for really for everybody that's in your, your, in your program. But, uh, my question to them yesterday was who, who, who asks first, right? Who, who brings it up first in the recruiting process? Is it Penn state or is it the player? And the thing that emerged more than anything else was neither. Usually it's, a parent, a handler, a seven-on-seven coach, right? Like these are these are generally the people who are, you know, and it, it, don't paint too broad of a brush with this, but that are interested, that want to know, that want to know what where Penn State stands with NIL. Um, and so what what emerged yesterday was okay, if it's the first thing out of a player's mouth during the recruiting process. That's a little bit of a red flag for Penn right. State. Be- one, because Penn State can't can't do it, right? Like but, Penn State but, but does not have the information. That's always that's always been the case when when stuff is going under the table, like you know, like it has for the last forty years plus, probably. That is not the type of kid that Penn State saw and said, "This is the guy we want." So it, it, not much has changed in that aspect. It's just you know, it's a little bit more. It's it's, it's a tax write off now. So I mean, right. it's uh, that's kind of where you're at with that. So it, that doesn't change things, but it is absolutely a red flag, and that's you know, you don't want to sound very condescending, but that's not the way that Penn State's ever done it. Right, right. It, it but and but from the side of the players and their families. It's certainly legal. It's not. It's yeah. not a taboo uh, to to want to find out what is offered and what potentially the earning potential is down the line. Whether it's immediately as a true freshman or down the line, that is of value and of interest. It's just when it's the first thing, when when the interest is not prioritized of, Hey, how can I develop as a player? How, right? Like the, the actual on field side of things and the academic side of things that are still of value to Penn state when, when those aren't the first thing. Yeah. It, it, uh, it stands out a little bit and becomes something that, that Penn state can recognize. Okay. This, you know, may not be the type of fit that they're looking for. Well, and I also want to emphasize, Penn State does a lot of things the way that they've always done them, whether people want to admit it or not. Like this, this is you have to fall into, not fall into because that that you know signifies something like that. But you have to fall in line with the way that you've built this program, and they still do that. And whether it's legit money or anything else, you know, Penn State has done a thing, ha- has done things fairly the right way compared to most of college football, and they and they still do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think. I'm- I, I think, think that's, that's an important I, point. I, it, yeah, no, I I do too. I I I get I always get hung up on like right or wrong. Uh, certainly, when it was against the rules, yeah, wrong. But there are like there are things now that everyone is trying to push the limits and get up as close to the line as they possibly can. And and Penn State certainly is among them doing it within the rules. Penn State is mindful of doing it within the rules, but. Penn State wants to compete. I mean, let's not let's not uh, sugarcoat that either. Penn State wants to be able to compete in that space. And James Franklin said yesterday that that between Pat Kraft and Neely Bendapudi, uh, they have taken 
you know, tremendous strides, but also acknowledge that there are big steps that, that still need to happen in terms of having that complete infrastructure set up to be able to, again, to compete. That's, that's all it is. It is just another level of the competition in college football. Uh, what else fits anything else from yesterday? Not much. Um, asked Andy about space, um, which is always a, a key uh, title. It was very funny because he we had talked about the lack of attrition that Penn State's had and the surprise. And he's like, it could be three guys. It could be seven guys. That's a pretty big gulf when you're talking about <laughs> adding uh, late to your class. Um, so that'll that'll be interesting to follow over the next uh, couple of months. Still like, you know, a couple of portal receivers, uh, a high school offensive tackle. Um portal guys at defensive tackle cornerback are still on the board as well. Um, and you know, you can, you can look at some, some different spots, but I think that I thought that was very interesting. Um, you know, other than that, it's uh, it, it was a lot of cool nerd stuff that I don't make think makes a great podcast. Um, so we'll put it up on the site at some point. Um, so that was good. Um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a confident staff. I think it's a tired staff, but I think it's a confident staff and they feel good about the way that they did. And I think your point about going in, to uh, National Signing Day with 23 uh, commits and signing 22 of them in this day and age is pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's we, we've discussed this previously, so I won't belabor the point, but it's so we never purposeful. do that. Yeah. Belabor the point. Yeah. No, yeah. right. Just uh, no, but it's so it's so purposeful. It, it is so purposeful. Everything that James Franklin wants to happen inside that program uh, is it's it is an intentional boringness it is an intentional this is the status quo these are like not the status quo because you 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 obviously want to grow and develop and push to be better in the program but no surprises no surprises just keep right uh, handle things up front and honestly and go forward with that mentality and it it uh it it leads to the type of day that Penn State had yesterday which was for the most part, given what was happening again, like I said, kind of just beneath the surface, pretty good, pretty good day for Penn State. So yeah, boring is good sometimes. Uh, we would we would love a splash on signing day, you know, from a clicks perspective and things like that. But that's just uh, that hasn't been the way that it's going. Um, and it's and to be honest with you, I mean, they they had four commits in the last week week and a half leading up to signing day. So you know, you could put those in that category as well. So they closed uh, fairly strong, of course, missing out on Daniel Harris. Uh, we'll see what happens with Conrad Hussey, um, but uh, a pretty strong close considering like uh, December 4th, I think was the first day they could go out on the road. Is that maybe it was the week I, uh, uh, these last couple of weeks have been just a, uh, <laughs> don't ask me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they went out on the road in, uh, in uh, December, essentially to lock down their guys to go out and, um, potentially secure more, which they did in Mapoy, Mason Robinson, uh, Kevion keys, which was a great story, um, to how they, to how Alan Zemitis essentially got him across the line. Um, so they, they went out and they closed strong while retaining their roster, which we said was number one, retaining their class and, uh, eventually getting a kickstart on portal, which has not gone as sparkling as I think they thought it might. Um, there's still some things to work through there, especially at the receiver spot. I know that a lot of people have complained about that, um, but still working on that. We'll see what happens. It's uh, it's, it's a very, uh, it, it is a very small space in the recruiting calendar, but, but the way that it all happened, everything was under a microscope. So I think they, I think they closed fairly well. There's still work to do. 
Gotcha. Uh, that's it. That's it for me. The kids are home. Things are devolving. I've got, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm Nate Bauer. He's Sean Fitz. Please, if you're watching this on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the video, leave a comment, talk to us. We're, we're always there. Uh, we're in the chat. And if you say mean things, I'm going to respond. Uh, Fitz won't. I will. Nope. Yeah. Uh, leave a, leave a, leave a review on pod, on, uh, our podcast channels, subscribe to our podcast channels, all of those things. And please, please, please. If you have not already join our community at blue white illustrated, we are part of the on three network for $10. You can get all of our premium insight and access, which Sean's the goat. We all know that Ryan's the next goat. Great stuff. Uh, $10 from now until August 31st, 2023. So uh, with that, I'm Nate. He's Sean. We will uh, catch you next week.